0: Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week we have the first part of an Inspector West storyline. The full storyline is eight episodes, so this half hour episode ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. It first aired around 1970 on the BBC.
1: Stand by for West. A crime file based on John Creasy's novel, Inspector West at Home, dramatized for radio by Maurice Travers. Inspector West at Home, starring Patrick Allen as Chief Inspector Roger West of Scotland Yard, and Sarah Lawson as his wife, Janet. Part one The Voice of Doom All right I heard you All right I'm coming Yes Good evening Mr Bickle John mind if we come in
2: What's the idea? What do you think you're doing uh, don't you get excited now yeah okay whistler
1: who are you two what do you here let me go what is this? And what's he, don't you try any tricks who the hell are you and what's she keep whistling like that for oh nice place you got here okay whistler sure oh this is a smashing record player
2: mr micklejohn
1: been listening to some music have you what? now let me see what kind of stuff you like oh yes lovely Just the job. No. All right, he's all yours, Whistler. No.
3: You can't. No.
2: Now we go. Hey, Whistler.
1: Bob, what do you make of it? It's a right old turn-up, Roger. Detective Inspector Cornish, you couldn't have put it better. We come here to have a few words with Mr. Leonard Micklejohn. And we find the late Mr. Micklejohn. One bullet, straight through the head. And the gun on the floor right beside him. Yes. He's come a long way since I knew him in A.Z. Division. I could fancy a flat like this myself. Some hope on my screw. Of course, when it comes to chief inspectors, I wouldn't know, Mr. West. You'd know soon enough if you had a wife, two young boys, and a mortgage to support. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bob, how long since Micklejohn moved out of your old division? Uh, Must be two years now. Uh. Yes, that's right. I got my transfer to the yard about six months ago. He said goodbye to the East End a good 18 months before that. Mm. All right, come on out with it. Out with what? Whatever's buzzing around in that brain of yours. I may still be a new boy at the yard, but I know that look when I see it. Oh, just thinking, that's all. Well, we better get cracking. Call the yard, get a photographer and a fingerprint crew. What? I said... I heard you, but why the fingerprint boys? It's a cut and dried case, isn't it? He killed himself. That sticks out like a chimney sweep at a white wedding. Yes, it looks that way, doesn't it? Well, go on, Bob. Get weaving.
3: 1492
1: and a merry easter tide to you mrs west who's i'm aware the greeting comes a trifle late
3: Ah, oh, mark mark lessing
1: <laughs> however did you
3: get. <laughs> oh mark it's marvelous to hear you again oh we've missed you and i you mm.
1: that's the worst of having close friends there's such a damn great
2: gap left whenever you're away from them
3: <laughs> well where are you calling from the flat oh you're back in london
2: i am Oh. At long last, Lessing has emerged from hibernation.
3: Uh, does that mean you finished the book?
1: At the ungodly hour of three seventeen this morning, I wrote the two most satisfying words in the English language: <laughs> the end. <laughs> now the great metropolis is once again graced by my presence, as though he could possibly care less. <laughs> and how's everything at Bell Street? And what's with the yard's youngest, brightest chief inspector?
3: Well, he's not home yet.
1: Ah, that'll teach you to go and marry a copper. You can't, sir? I didn't try to warn you 12 years ago.
3: Oh, warn me? I've never known anyone try to get his best friend married on so fast.
1: And how are my two godsons asleep upstairs, I suppose?
3: Oh, no, wrong again. They're in Gloucestershire.
1: Gloucestershire? What a...
3: Uh, <laughs> well, it me. happens to be the school holidays. Not that I expect a confirmed bachelor like you to remember that. Oh. Martin and Richard are staying with my cousin Paula and her husband.
1: Ah, so you're all alone,
3: are you? Mm. I'm not enjoying it much, to tell you the truth. Isn't it silly? I I, I thought I'd have time to do all sorts of things while they were away, like, was well, some painting again, perhaps? I've hardly touched a brush since art school, but... Oh, somehow... Somehow you just... Haven't done a thing. Mm. I know it's ridiculous, but the house seems so empty and quiet.
1: Well, I know exactly how to deal with that. I suggest I bowl over and catch a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or even a drink.
3: Oh, all three, if you like. What
1: a ghastly
3: thought. It'd be lovely to see you, Mark, if you feel like making the effort. Well,
1: all I have to do is to get in the taxi. Roll out the red carpet, Janet. I'll be with you in about half an hour.
3: Bye. Bye Bye-bye, Mark.
1: Roger. Oh, Bob. Did you get on to the local station? Yes. A constable's on his way over to stand guard after we leave. Oh, good. What's doing with the Dabbs Brigade? Anything interesting showing up? No. The only prints they found are Michael Johnson. Oh, on the gun, too? On the gun, too. Well, that wraps it up, then, eh, Roger? Hmm. Seems like it. But you're still not sure? Oh, I just have a feeling that... Well, never mind for the moment. Uh, Roger, you're you're not proposing to tell Superintendent Abbott about this feeling of yours, are you? You think I shouldn't? Who am I to say what one of my superior officers should or shouldn't do? Oh, come off it, Bob. We're friends, aren't we? Yes, but Abbott isn't anybody's friend. You know, they don't call him the voice of doom for nothing, do they? Do you know, I haven't met one man since I came to the yard who likes working for him. Oh, you're forgetting his sergeant. Tiny Mears. Yeah. Oh, well, he's the exception that proves the rule. They make a good pair, of those two. Do you know, they ought to be in Hyde Park on Sundays at Speaker's Corner... Beware. The end is at hand. The voice of doom and a shadow. Well, that conjures up quite a picture. Hey, what's <laughs> <laughs> become of Detective Sergeant Tiny Mears, anyway? I haven't seen him around lately. Oh, he's in Bethnal Green on a job. Oh, too bad Abbott's not with him, eh? Yes, it is. Oh, sorry about your night off, Bob. When I asked you to come here with me, I, I didn't think it'd turn out this way. Anyway, you'll be able to pack off home pretty soon, and so will I. Mm.
3: that was lovely thank you
1: pleasure was mine the piano is in very good shape
3: well and you're about the only one who ever plays it so you ought to know oh it's good to see you sitting there again it seemed like ages well
1: you know how it is Janet needs must when the devil drives
3: mm.
1: ah, especially when the particular devil in question happens to be my publisher
3: now you've finished the book are you pleased with it well
1: more or less I'll ask Roger to take a look at it of course as always After all, what's the sense in having a copper for one's best friend if you can't pick his
3: brains? As if you need to pick anyone's brains. Roger says no man can call himself a really progressive policeman until he's read your books.
1: Flattering and completely untrue. (laughs) If my few slim volumes have contained any worthwhile thoughts on crime and criminology,
3: the credit really belongs to him. Oh, I don't believe that, and neither would Roger. Of course, he's helped you a bit now and then, but... Well, what else are friends for? Well, now, let me think pour me another cup of coffee perhaps
1: Or have i emptied the pot
3: um well you have actually but i'll i'll make some more <laughs> <laughs> oh that's roger now oh uh, shh don't say a word right. darling mm, yeah. i'm in the living room okay oh
1: hello jam love it oh well blow me down <laughs> <laughs> and that'll take even more lung power than i can muster roger <laughs> marco oh, son well it's great to see you <laughs> it's good to see you too now when did you get back just today oh. and how are things at the yard caught any good crooks lately Not exactly. Janet was telling me that you're working with the one and only Superintendent Abbott. I am, yes. Uh Uh-oh. I sense a sudden chill in the atmosphere. Something tells me I put my big foot in it.
3: Both big feet, Mark. You've touched a sore spot. I suggest you change the subject. And quickly. Abbott
1: is someone I have to put up with during my working hours at home. I prefer to shut the door on him. If that's all the same to everyone... You, West. Come in. Uh, yes, Superintendent. I've studied your report on the Mickeljohn case, Chief Inspector. Yes, sir. I assume you have no additional information beyond what's included in this report? That's right, sir. And you still say there's more to the situation than appears on the surface, eh? Yes. you don't think it was an accident? No, sir. So you mean murder? That's my opinion. On what grounds do you base that opinion? I've already told you in my report... Mm. And tell me again, Chief Inspector. All right. Well, A, there's Micklejohn's record. And small time stuff, admittedly, and nothing recent. B, he's been making a lot of trips back and forth to the continent. And C, the memo we had from Interpol saying they had reason to suspect him of being involved in a number of jewel thefts on the continent. Well, they suggest he may have been responsible for smuggling the stolen stuff out. And D, I go to question him and find him dead with the gun beside him and his own fingerprints on it yes but suppose we think about the man himself for a moment a small time crook would come up fast and doing nicely thank you i don't see a character like that suddenly putting a gun to his head but you weren't a fly on the wall at the time were you nevertheless that's my feeling a hunch if you like but i don't like chief inspector i don't deal in feelings or fancy intuitions i deal in facts And the facts in this case add up to only one thing, suicide. And that's how it'll go at the inquest. Understood? Very well, Superintendent. Now, if that's all. It isn't. When you went to question, Micklejohn, you took an officer with you who was not officially on duty. I didn't order Detective Inspector Cornish to accompany me. He volunteered to come when I asked him. I thought he'd be useful to have along since Micklejohn originally hailed from his old division. Of course, as it happened... um... As it happened... You found the man dead. You called in a fingerprint crew. What you should have done was to report to me, first and foremost. Now, you'd better get something straight, West. When you work to me, you go by the book. What a Guy Chatworth chooses to do is one thing. He's assistant commissioner, and if he prefers to close his eyes to the way you ignore the proper procedures... Well, that's his affair. And even so... I wouldn't count on any favoured status there lasting forever if I were you. What do you mean by that exactly, Superintendent? It doesn't matter. Just get it into your head that when you work with me, you go by the book. All the time. I'd have thought you've been long enough at the yard to know that. Anyway, I hope I've made it perfectly now. Perfectly. Then make sure it stays that way. That's all. Keep going now. Yes, sir. John. Hello, Bob. Good morning, Roger. Hope you don't mind me waiting in your office. No, of course not. I haven't seen you around the past week. Where have you been? Over oh, in Ealing. Payroll job. Not much joy, I'm afraid. Well, the villains seem to be having all the luck these days. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. Anyway, what's new with you, Roger? Oh, nothing very exciting. A couple of run-of-the-mill cases, that's all. Hmm. What happened over that Micklejohn affair? Oh, that's already ancient history. Abbott took the same view that you did. Suicide, pure and simple. Well, you can't win them all, eh? I seem to be winning damn few of them recently. Mm -hmm. And being lumbered with the voice of doom doesn't help, I imagine. Well, lumbered's just the word. I was banking on going off for the rest of the day. It's uh, it's Janice's birthday. Oh, But as there's no sign of the superintendent, that idea looks as if it's gone for a button. Bad luck. Oh, uh, a note came in for you while I was waiting. It's on your desk. Oh, Thanks. I'm done. Something no matter? No, on the contrary. Bob, this is from Abbott, telling me to go off for the day. What? Well, look for yourself. Well, well, well. I think I'll have it framed. It may be the only evidence that somewhere under that six foot two of navy blue worsted there actually lurks a real human being. <laughs> oh, hell. Now, uh, Chief Inspector West. Abbott here. Oh, uh, uh, yes, sir. You haven't gone yet. Good. West, are you going to be at home for the rest of the day? Well, I'm I'm taking my wife to the theater tonight. But you'll be in for the afternoon. I expect so, yes. Why, Superintendent? Make sure you are in, will you? Oh, look, what is this? You're not planning to call me back to the yard later, are you? I just want to be sure I know where to find you. That's all. Goodbye. Oh, damn and blast him. Something wrong, Roger? Yes, I am. I had thought for a moment that Abbott might bear some remote resemblance to a human being. I don't know what kind of cat-and-mouse game he thinks he's playing quite frankly, I don't care. Just for once. For one day, I'm going to forget about him and the yard and the job. All of it. Oh, toss me my hat, will you? I'm off. I've got to call and pick up a birthday present. Then I'm heading for home.
3: Oh, Roger West, I think you're a dreadful man. Do you now? <laughs> I thought we'd agreed you weren't going to buy me any presents. And
1: I know who'd have been disappointed if I'd have stuck to that idea. <laughs> no. Well, come on, Jan, You're taking all day.
3: Oh. Oh, Roger, it's simply
1: gorgeous. No, you sure you'll like it.
3: Oh, I love it. Oh, and Roger, mm. come over here, see what arrived a little while ago. Oh,
1: well, well, well. And who are they from?
3: What do you think? Don't you recognize a set of cups and sauces? No.
1: Now, wait a minute. Aren't
3: those... That's right. Dresden, China. Ooh. They're from Mark's own collection.
1: Well, I call that a very handsome present.
3: Oh, I think it's terribly generous of him. It
1: right? is. No, it certainly is. Well, Jan, it's about time we made a move or we might not get a table for lunch. Oh, oh
3: well, I'm ready. Oh, that was
2: marvellous.
3: You know, food always tastes much better when you haven't had to cook it yourself. Um, can I have some more wine, darling? Roger.
1: Hmm. Uh, what did you say then?
3: Remember me? That blonde at the window table was quite pretty, but you don't have to stare at her quite so
1: hard. No, I wasn't looking at her.
3: Well, who were you looking at, then?
1: The street. I thought I saw someone I know past the window. I must have been mistaken.
3: Who do you think it was?
1: Tiny Mears.
3: Tiny Mears? Who is he? A detective
1: sergeant. Does all the legwork for Abbott. But it can't have been Mears. He's on a
3: case in Bethnal Green. Well, then perhaps you'll fill my glass for me now.
1: <laughs> no sooner said than done. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Roger. You're frowning.
1: Oh, am I? Mind. Sorry. What's the matter? That's nothing to forget. It.
3: No, come on, what's wrong?
1: You know, Jan, I'd promised myself I was going to forget all about the yard for today. Well, that's the trouble with being a copper. Your mind keeps working like one 24 hours a day.
3: And what's brought all this on?
1: I keep thinking about Abbott. Wondering why he wanted to make sure I'd be home this afternoon.
3: Well, if he has any ideas about dragging you back to the yard, he can think again, and I shall tell him so personally. And
1: there's another thing, a remark he dropped a few days ago, something about not relying too long on my favoured status with the assistant commissioner.
3: (gasps) Favoured status? Oh, what a load of rubbish! If you, if you do have any special standing with Sir Guy Chatworth, it's only because he thinks you're one of his best men.
1: I don't know so much about that. Oh. Well, the way things have been going with me in the last few months...
3: Eh? Oh, Roger, no, not that again. Just because some of your cases haven't turned out so well... Oh, well,
1: more I... than some, Jan. I'm batting way below average.
3: Dear, dear, oh, dear. Hmm? Well, of course, as it's as terrible as all that, there's only one thing for it. No. What's that? Well, you'll just have to leave the force... Oh, don't worry, darling. I'm sure we'll marry somehow. Perhaps you could take that partnership Pet Morgan's always offering you.
1: <laughs> That'll do, I mean, Janet. I'm sure
3: being a private inquiry agent is nearly the same thing as being a policeman, isn't it? You, you might even enjoy it better. All
1: right, that's enough. You win. You made your point, Mrs. West. Mm-hmm.
3: Good. Now, that's settled. I can tackle a really serious problem. What to have for dessert. Can we have the menu, please?
1: Hello?
2: Mr. Mark Lessing? Yes? This is Pep Morgan here.
1: Pep! Well, hello! This is a surprise.
2: Look, Mr. Lessing, this has got to be quick. I need your help. I've had a bit of information. I got it from one of the Judy Coppers at the yard. From whom? One of the women police. Oh, I see. all I'll say now is that it's important and urgent. I want you to help me. Now, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Are you listening?
1: Yes, I certainly am. So let's have it, Pep old chap.
2: Here we
3: are. Tea for two. Ooh, I'm glad we got home before it began to rain. Roger?
1: Hmm?
3: Are you doing at the window?
1: I thought I caught sight of him again with... Uh, with the rain, I can't really be sure. Caught sight of who? I thought I saw Tiny Mears again, over on the other side of the street.
3: Oh, but didn't you tell me he was in Bethnal Green? Yes, I
1: know. Eh? Oh, I'm probably just imagining it.
3: Well, come and have your tea. Oh, thanks. When do you think we'll have to leave for the theatre?
1: No, later than seven, I'd say. ah.
3: Uh, well, we've plenty of time. Here you are. Thanks. Oh, now, who can that be? I'll go. You have your tea. Yes, yes. Coming. Oh. Good
1: afternoon, Mrs. West. Can you tell the chief inspector I'd like a word with him? Well, I'm... If you please, Mrs. West.
3: Uh, John, who is it?
1: Superintendent Abbott. What nurse brought you here? Oh, wait a minute. It's outside the front gate that is tiny Mears. may i come in yes all right
3: well surely a phone call would have done just as well superintendent
1: i'm afraid not mrs west and i'd like to speak to your husband alone is there some way we can talk privately west yes i suppose so the dining room should do uh, excuse us john well what's this all about I think you know why I've come. I haven't the faintest idea. And whatever it is, I hope it isn't going to take too long. West, I don't want to make this any more unpleasant than I have to. And I can assure you that taking that kind of attitude isn't going to do you any good. Well, if you mean feeling damned annoyed that you've come here when I'm off duty... Then... I mean nothing of the sort. You know precisely what I'm doing here. I've already told you I don't. West, I'm here to search your house. You... You what? I think you heard me perfectly well. I have a warrant, naturally. A warrant? Signed by the assistant commissioner. Hello there, Janet. And how's the birthday West, who's that? And what about a kiss for your 21st? That's a friend of ours. Mm. You know him, Mark Lessing. It is your 21st, I take it. Well, West? (laughs) Superintendent, are you trying to tell me that Sir Guy Chatworth has actually signed a warrant for the search of my house? You're entitled to see it for yourself? (laughs) I don't get this. I don't get this at all. I suggest it's high time you dropped all this pretense. Pretense? By God. Now look here, Abbott. Uh, oh, what the devil. Do we have to have that din? Oh, damn the din. You're not really serious about searching my house. I or? couldn't be more serious. I presume you must have some good reason for all this. And you know exactly what the reason is, West. Well, suppose you just tell me. Very well. If you'd attempt to persist in all this. But will you kindly put a stop to that confounded row? Go oh, right. Come on. Happy
3: birthday, birthday. Happy
2: birthday, birthday Mark.
1: Janet Westmore. Happy
2: birthday, Janet Let me get you here. Huh? Stop that incredible racket. Racket?
0: And who blazes up?
1: Oh, my goodness, it's Superintendent Abbott. Why didn't somebody tell me? Mark, just what was the, the superintendent, idea? Superintendent, I apologize abjectly. I got carried away. Janet's birthday, you see. I only remembered it this afternoon, and I came rushing over to wish her many happy returns and all the rest of it. I had no idea you were here. <laughs> Superintendent Abbott's here with a search warrant. A search warrant? And he's about to tell me why. I'm waiting, Abbott. Very well. Apparently, you have no objection to your wife and your friend hearing it, too. We've received information that today you have accepted a sum of money in return for withholding police action when you knew that such action should be taken. What?
3: Are you suggesting... Not that suggesting,
1: I... Mrs. West. I'm saying it. Your husband has accepted a bribe. Abbott, if you imagine I'm going to forget this afternoon's work, you've got another thing coming. Oh, just a minute, West. You've had Sergeant Mears and your men go through my house from top to bottom. You've searched me and Mark here. You've even subjected my wife to being searched by a policewoman. Quiet, Jan, quiet. And you haven't found anything, Abbott. Not a thing. I've only been doing my job. Your job? Well, you seem to forget I'm a copper myself. if this was my case, I'd at least have the common decency to tell the man I suspected what allegations have been made and ask for his explanation. I wouldn't burst into his house with a bunch of accusations. I've just been doing my duty and I have not accused you of anything. You mean you haven't charged me with anything because you didn't find anything. But you've accused me of a damn sight too much. I'm going to create hell about this, Abbott, I can tell you. You'd be ill-advised. In your position... My position behind. I want three things. An explanation, a complete clearance, and an apology. And we'll start with the first. Who gave you this information about me? I want the name. I think you'd better come to the yard with me, West. If you want me, get a warrant. Do I understand that you refuse to come with me? You understand I refuse to come to the yard for questioning without a formal explanation and the opportunity to take legal advice... Those are my rights, and you damn well know it. I see. In that case, I'll go and make my report to the assistant commissioner. You do that. Oh, no, oh, hold it, Hold it, hold it. That's the front door. They've gone. Now you two have got some explaining to do. Uh oh. Mark, I want to know what you and Jan were up to. All that row. What was all that rubbish about not remembering her birthday? You sent her a present.
3: goodness you didn't mention it in front of Abbott. I was afraid for a moment you... What was it
1: all about, Jan? Well,
3: um... Oh, darling, I don't really know. I just did what Mark told me. And
1: I was acting under instructions, too. Who from? A certain private inquiry agent by the name of Pep Morgan. Pep? Yes.
3: What on earth?
1: Well, he rang me earlier, Janet. All he told me was that I had to get over here, and if Abbott was on the premises, I was to kick up as big a shindy as I knew how.
3: But I still don't see
1: why. Don't you, Jan? Oh, yes, yes. It means he must have known Abbott was coming here. And he must have known why. And he also knew that if Abbott had found what he was looking for, I'd been in very serious trouble. You mean... Uh, Pep must have had a very good reason for telling Mark to do what he did. I think I can tell... I'll get it. Uh, Chelsea, 1492. Oh, sorry.
2: uh, I'm afraid I've done... Pep, Pep, is that you? Well, I thought I'd better give you the chance to hang up if the Bogey boys were still with you. All gone, I take it.
1: Yes. So you climbed in upstairs while Abbott was here, eh, Pep? I might have known you to work that one out. Tell Mr. Lesson from me he did a very good job. With a record he kicked up, nobody could have heard me. Pep, what the hell goes on?
2: It's a long story, Roger.
1: Well, let's have the most important part first. What did you find and take out of this house?
2: Oh, you guessed that too, did you? Yes.
1: Well, come on, what was it?
2: Oh, nothing very much. A little matter of a thousand knicker, that's all. A thousand pounds? In nice, crisp fivers.
0: It was in your boy's bedroom, in one of the cupboards. Good grief. Someone was pretty keen for that lolly
2: to be found, and not by yours truly. Someone wants to see you put on the spot, Chief Inspector. And they want it bad. (laughs)
1: been listening to Patrick Allen and Sarah Lawson in the first part of Inspector West at Home by John Creasy. Listen to Crisis for a Copper, the next episode of John Fawcett Wilson's production of Inspector West at Home.
0: Between 1967 and 1971, the BBC produced a radio version of John Creasy's Roger West stories with actor Patrick Allen in the title role as Scotland Yard Chief Inspector Roger Handsome West, with Allen's real-life wife, Sarah Lawson, playing the role of West's wife, Janet. All episodes were adapted from the novels by Maurice Travers. Roger West's flair for detection, his persistence and thoroughness, and his courage explain as being the youngest man at Scotland Yard to have reached the ranks of chief inspector and superintendent. West is a likable man with a brisk, no-nonsense attitude who can be tough when needed, but who sometimes takes people's troubles too personally. John Creasy, the author, was an English crime and science fiction writer who wrote more than 600 novels using 28 different pseudonyms. Inspector Roger West was one of several characters that Creasy created for From 1923 to 1935, Creasy worked various clerical, factory, and sales jobs while trying to establish himself as a writer. After a number of rejections, Creasy's first book was published in 1930. Several television programs and movies were created based on Creasy's characters. In 1953, John Creasy founded the Crime Writers Association in the UK. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.